Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players, and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home each week, we'll take a look at the latest news, break down some tones, all to give you the lowdown on the low end. This week, we are going through all of your questions. A bit of a Q&A special, if you'd like, before jumping back into some guest-related episodes for next time. So it's going to be jam Packed. Before we uh, dive into your questions, though, um, Chris, how have you been doing? I am very lovely, Johnny. You join me in the daytime. I'm doing a, so doing a podcast in the day, which is quite because we're both unemployed. I mean, because we're both available at this hour. Mm. How are you? It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I like seeing you in such wonderful light. It's almost like seeing you in the flesh, which I wish I could emulate every day. I, I, I understand. Um, yeah, I'm all right. Uh, you'll have to forgive my pathetic um, slug that's living on my top lip at the minute uh, in a very poor attempt to uh, have it this month of November. So, yeah, sorry about that. Bass-related stuff. It was my birthday last week, so I got a load of new basses through the, through the door, which is very exciting. Um, uh I won't talk too much about what I've got. In fact, no. Do you know what? No, I will because Oh, he's going to. Your lovely podcast people um, are my favorite fans. Now, uh, don't forget, people. you do need to describe what it is as well for the people who are <laughs> no, listening. No, go and look at the video. Uh, I've got a 2013 uh, Fiesta Red classic by P Base. Uh, and this is already on my Instagram as of like two minutes ago a five string Yamaha BB, oh. baby. Um, that is the nice. 735s, the active one. Very cool. I have no new bases. Well, I'm sorry about that, but you do have some. Yeah. You've got some new things in the post, though. I do, and I'm not going to say what they are because I need. To, I'm going to film some unboxings of them. Wow, we're very exciting. Um, yes. Like I said before, we are going to be answering all of your questions. We put out a question prompt on our Instagram at in the pocket. Odds, you should definitely go and follow us on there for all the latest announcements, guest announcements, and where you can submit your questions. Like Big things coming soon. Lovely, exactly. Um, like all of the lovely people who have done so today. Um, without further ado, shall we shall we crack on with some questionos? I think we should. And I have question one here already. I believe we have 13 to get through. Well, so this will be a long one. Um <coughs> oh, excuse me. What a great start. So, question one. Your top five, question mark, th- list of things. Wow, this is not slick at all. 
your top five list of things everyone should take to a gig, aside from like bass, pedals, amp and cabs, things like important tools, pens, paper, etc. Now, I have written an answer for this. Wow. So we're going to have to read it. Yes, but would you like to camera? Yes. Done. But would you like to go first? Do you have anything you'd like to start on or should I just fire this off? Um, I think fire it off. I've got a few in my head that are rattling around. I don't know if I've got five written down. I'm not as prepared as you, Chris. Very well. Well, I, I wrote this down so I don't forget. So, these are in no particular order, but these are things that I really make sure I bring. So, phone charger. Um, I've never done a gig where someone hasn't asked me, have you got a phone charger? So, I've got a phone charger with me. I've got um like a multi-plug things it's like if they've got an android phone if they've got an older iphone a newer iphone or whatever charger i've also got a power brick but i kind of put that in the same thing you know just in case spur strings makes sense just just in case i mean i've only ever broken a string on stage once but always nice to have them hearing protection absolutely uh, i i do not gig without hearing protection in I don't go to a gig without hearing protection. Full stop. Yeah, um, I, I made that change like last yeah. year. Like Lily and I bought some some proper ones, like each, yeah, our own ones, and it it just makes it so much more enjoyable. I think like you take them out and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe how loud it was. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, continue. And you don't want to go deaf because once you no. go deaf, you never go back. Um, a spur strap. Now, it, this might not be the same for everyone, but I use the Damasio clip locks which are kind of like little seatbelt style strap locks. So if I lose my strap, I can't, I, ca- I can't put a normal guitar strap on it. It's just the, the base is literally hardwired for a particular strap. So I have a second one just in case. Batteries, just in case. I mean, I mainly gig with passive bases at the moment, but it's always nice to have like a nine volt or AAA just in case. Um, and then I did a little bonus one. So this is technically six cables. Now, not just guitar leads. I've got a little bag that I take with me to my gigs, and there are two or three patch cables, just in case. Um, an extra guitar lead, an extra kettle lead. I need two for my rig, but I take another one just in case. And all of the XLR cables that you would need to do the gig. So for me, that's one for the in-ear monitors, and one for the pedal board to go to front of house. I bring those just in case, because I, like, I do lots of weddings and covers gigs where some bands, like let's say, for example, I might take a last-minute gig filling in for someone where the normal bass player just brings a big amp. And it doesn't go through the PA. It just They just bring out big amp. They don't need any XLR cables. I could run the risk of getting to the gig and the singer going, oh, we only really have enough XLR cables for what we already need. Yeah. So then I'm snookered because I primarily run DI. So I bring everything as a self-contained unit. Oh, um, and you know what? It's not really in the list, but bring an extension cable. One of the big ones, you know, the circular ones that extend. Yeah. that's Bring one just in case. Especially if you're running a pedal board out front. Sometimes you don't know where the power... If you're not playing a venue, like you playing weddings it's likely that the wall behind you is going to be where the power is so you can oh yeah yeah it's very it's very common occurrence for me to plug an extension cable in in front of me for phone charger just in case second charger for the gopro because i I just charge it up beforehand 
two plugs for the pedal board. Yeah. So that's that's a four-way done. And then that lead is going anywhere from like two to ten meters. Like it's going again, depending on the venue. Like sometimes you're lucky and it's it's an event space with lots of power, you know, built into the floor, things like that. Yeah. But most of the time, these are just nice posh rooms. Yeah. So the plugs are on a wall somewhere else. So then so you yes. think about us people with our pedal boards, which is exactly how rude. How rude. Um, for me, uh, I am quite lucky that my rig kind of has a lot of things and I've got the drawer in it now that I put a lot of my stuff in that I need. And it's a lot of, yeah. lot of crossover with your list. So I'm going to say my five are tools. So I, I bring a screwdriver and some Allen keys with me to every gig. I normally put them in a little pot that sits on my pedal board mm, um, and that has picks and ear protection in. So yeah. I will... I'm going to count that as two because ear protection, I think, is very important as well. Now, I don't go without that. So that's great. Um, cables is an absolute must. Um, I bring little patch cables because often if you're not buying, like they're a bit of an afterthought, some cables, I feel like. Uh, and if I've bought like something really cheap, but I've got I've got loads of mismatched cables, some, some of which yeah. are secondhand. I don't know what they are, where they've come from, or what quality. Oh, have are. you got the, the green and yellow plastic ah. ones? Oh, no, like not, quite, not quite, yeah. not quite. Um, but yeah, so I can't remember. So I don't know what their life is going to be like, you know, yeah. longevity-wise. So they could give out. So definitely bring that, especially as I'm running pedals as well in my rig. Um, that's yeah. very important because then you don't know what's going to be messing up. Um what else did I bring? Batteries, hundred percent for my wireless more than anything. Yeah. Um, oh well, if you had the uh, the Shure GLX D14, you'd find it has a, uh, a rechargeable battery. Wow. Some reason I get even more nervous about rechargeable things. I don't know why. Ah, uh, no, the battery in that's unkillable. I've done like five one-hour gigs with it, yeah. and it's been fine. Yeah, it's nice. amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I've had wirelesses cut out before, and it's just the worst. So spare cable as well is the, yeah is the go to because I've always got it on hand. I always said, and we've spoken about this at length on this podcast before, just having it ready to go. Um, yeah. Another one for me is a stand um, because I take two bases to gigs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bring a stand. Yeah, yeah. So I'll put that on there. I don't, you know, I'll I'll lean a base. That's fine, but like for like if you're playing an hour set and there's another bass on the side and there's very loud and vibrations mm. and really like leaning them that much so if there's no space i'll i'll like to bring a stand to put it on i've got that hydra stand now that has can take three so i'll take that for the whole band and we'll put all of our backups on it um so that's quite good um and the last one i don't know how many i've done i think this is the sixth one you've done is, way more than five <laughs> yeah is uh is a water bottle um, I oh. love a bit of H2O, this guy. And I do not like putting drinks on the stage near the amps, near the pedals and all things like that. Even if it's just water from the bar or something, which I'll always have on stage because, you know, I'm moving around quite a lot and shouting and singing and get a bit of a dry throat. Uh, so I always have a bit of water in between songs and things like that. So where I can. So having my own water bottle is great because i can shut the top on it and you know it's great for that True. So, yeah to avoid spillages and things like that having my own bottle that i can shut the lid on is a is a must so yeah that would be mine next not, question not too bad question two now these are in no particular order really 
what are your favorite poses or moves <laughs> to make on stage? Um, I love a busted jump. Yeah. Don't get to do it very Which, often. Who, whose do you do, though? Because they all had different ones. You've got the jump and kick your legs up. You've got jump and no. split your legs. Yeah, I'm I'm the I'm the feeder greatest hits album. You know, okay. jump with both legs, like one forward, one back. Yeah. Can't, can't really do it when I'm gigging in boots, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm working on it. Um, what else do I like? I like a... Uh, I find myself doing what I lovingly refer to as the Mick Thompson quite a lot. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know, Mick Thompson is one of the guitarists in Slipknot, and he t- tends to do a move quite a lot where it's like legs apart, crouched down a little bit, guitar kind of in the middle of the body, and then just like lots of headbanging. Tend yeah. to do that quite a lot when things get heavy, but because now, just now the hair's a bit longer, can really, you know, get some wind Fill your weight around. Absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Well, I'm a bit, I'm a big headbanger. Yes, oh, big time. My neck is in ruins the next day, honestly. like uh, Mine's not, though. Is it? Like, no. no, like, I'll do gigs and people will go, you literally banged your head and jumped around for an hour. And the day after, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Maybe yeah. I've got nerve damage. <laughs> but my neck is just permanently like this. Yeah, like, this I'm, is fine, right? I am a sucker for... Sorry, just getting a phone call, which is no good. Coming through to my Mac. Um, I <laughs> really like for don't do it much, but for one song. So like the other day, we'll do we did Foo Fighters, then Nirvana, and yeah. um, and is it so, always in that order? By the way, no, no, no. We, no we'll no. change it around depending yeah. if we're coming back to the venue and things like that. We'll we'll swap it up. Okay. Um, but uh, I lo- I love going out in the crowd or doing something mm. like that. Like yeah. for for Teen Spirit. It gets the crowd going so much more for that first chorus when everyone's ready to bounce, yeah. and I'll go out there with them and yeah. help them out, you know. And then they're, they're, they're like, "Yeah," and like sometimes when people do that, I think it's a bit smelly, or I'm like, "Oh, it's a bit cringe." Uh, yeah. But for for the audience, oh, I love doing it too, though. Yeah, for yeah. the audience, we're catering to it. Like it works so well. It works yeah. so well. So like, I, I also like I also really enjoyed how you can tell you're dealing with like like a hardened Nirvana consumer because you just yeah. went for Teen Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I have, I have that. Title. Yeah, I have that with like wedding bands because it's always like right, so bright side, <laughs> just Mister Car- Caroline, <laughs> Boogie. <laughs> um, I do love a spin as well. Oh, I like, a, I like a spin. I sent you a spin video yesterday. Yes, here's mine yeah. on a festival stage. Like that's my favorite. That Whee! is a good spin. That is um, a good spin. I um, if it's a festival stage, big stage. Yeah. I will do multiple in one. Wow. Yeah. I like going. Yeah. I, I love it so much. So much. You have this like, out of body experience. Yeah. Uh, I love going. Like, that's one of my things, strengths I bring to a band, I think, yeah. sometimes is energy on stage. Like, if I'm having a good time, I want yes. that to reflect onto the audience. Very, very uh, true. So, moves come into that. I've just remembered I do, I do this a lot. Right. I need to figure out how to do this, demonstrate, and explain this. So, I don't know, let's say you're doing a song where it goes like, you're playing, and it's like you'll stop on like beat four. It's yeah. like, one, two, three, stop, and then you're in. Or there's like a bigger stop or something like that. I will, instead of muting the bass with my fret hand, which is my left hand, I'll come over and I'll grab the neck. Yeah. I'll come over and grab the neck with my right hand. Or, this is a cool one, if you get this right, you've got to get really good at muting to do this. Um, I will throw the neck of the bass with up with my fretting hand up and it will come up like this upwards so it's now pointing straight up 
and I will catch it in my picking hand and mute the strings that way. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. so that sounds impressive. You've got to be so quite accurate. Yes, yeah, so it's like if this is the if, if this little little tripod is the bass, um, it's like I'm here, I'm playing, I'm playing, and then I'll go oh, like that. So like I'll throw it up and catch it like that. And, yeah. and and then that will and you've gotta you've gotta get it right because obviously you need to it needs to land in your hand and you need to have it locked down and fully muted. Yeah. Otherwise it's gonna go and then you'll keep playing. <laughs> Worth hitting the tuner at the same time. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, absolutely. I've been known to do that. Like I, in fact, one of the things I used to do was I would hit the tuner for stops and then bring it yeah. back in again just in case. <laughs> You're playing, but, playing like Gents. It's like a tremolo pedal. Tuner every time. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is the uh the quad cortex tuner doesn't turn on immediately because like uh half a second oh, or whatever, okay. which is fine. I don't need it to be instantaneous, but when you've got like a boss tuner, it just goes off. On. So that's cool. Um any other pauses? The love last a high one for... ki- love a high kick. That's split... that was the last one for me. I've, how kick. many jeans, how many pairs of jeans have you split doing it? Because I <laughs> I did it last oh. week. Really? I blew wow. the uh, I blew the arse out of my jeans on stage, <laughs> slapping ble- slapping bass and blowing ass. Absolutely, blowing ass. This guy, nuclear bumhole. <laughs> That's an amazing band name. <laughs> <laughs> right, next Chris Horrocks and the nuclear bumholes. Right, next question. <laughs> okay, this is a bit of a long one, really, but so this is this is from uh, this is from Callum. Uh, it says, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to become a session player? Question mark. Things like advertising, gear, business plan, prices, etc. Not Price? an easy question to no, answer. But, no, and pro- but I, I will answer feel like it. prices is always a difficult one because you're like, I don't, how do I put a value on myself? And you always feel like, what? I'm going to have to undercut as people as- or what? It's not as hard as you think. Because I've I've noticed there is, I mean, there's give and take, but I can give you, like, I can tell you what I would expect to earn from various things. Yeah. So if I'm gigging in a bar, if I'm gigging in, like, a pub, for example, or a very small bar, I would expect to see absolutely no less than £60, mm. closer to 75 80 Um, If you're gigging in a a nicer bar, like maybe in a, in, a, in a more affluent area, that kind of thing, you really would be looking at the bottom end £100. Um, realistically, most bar work I've been done, I've been offered like 150 for yeah. example. Then then there's a lot of variation once you get from 150 upwards. And this is kind of like the corporate and wedding gig. So to give you an, to give you an example, I'm playing a wedding... Um, tomorrow so at the time of this coming out today and i'm being paid 160 pounds for two 45 minute sets that's right that's the lowest i've been paid for a wedding yeah. ever but i'm doing it because it's with it's with some guys that i gig with a lot they offer me a lot of repeat work and apart from the drive it's very easy i know the sure. very well it, it's it's good fun but then Two months ago, I did a wedding and got paid three hundred and seventy-five pounds. Yeah. But that's for different, you know, who's the client? Where is it? What are you yeah. doing? Yeah, there's a lot of variation. But I think realistically, um, 
The pricing thing is difficult because it also comes back to, you know, who are you? You know, that kind of thing. Like, I've been doing the wedding scene for about 12 months. So I, I can spot kind of like, a, well, hang on a minute. Like, I got offered something the other week for £180. And immediately I messaged back the guy going, that is a 250 quid gig. And you know it. Um, yeah. And I'm willing to, and I'm, I'm willing to say, like, I I don't believe in a race to the bottom. It's like, I know I'm worth 250 quid for that gig. If yeah. you want someone else for 180, you can take them if you want, but Get them, I don't want to be arrogant, there. but I know, I know I'm good at my job. I think um, there's there's a lot of value in putting value on yourself. You know, I get the same thing with um, like influencer stuff, you know, or like trying to, yeah. like brands would be like, oh, can you promote, do you want to promote this on your channel? And I'll be like, uh, yeah, I can. If you're, it's like a paid promotion, you know, and I start offering packages yeah, and things like yeah, that. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's going to cost you this much. And then they go, oh, no, but we can give it to you for free if you want. And I'm like, I had, like a year ago, two years ago, I would have been like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, and now yeah, I'm like, yeah. do you know what? It's not actually gaining me anything, mm. me doing this. I'm just getting a product that I don't really you want. You didn't really want like, anyway. No, exactly. So, and, and it's not, it's, it's no benefit to my audience, really. Like, like, I'd only do it if I'm being paid to do it because I want to make a living out of it, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, uh, and then you've so... also got other things where it's like uh, repeat business. Like, yeah. I'm taking a gig this weekend that's quite quite low paying for this sort of industry, but I've probably done about 10 gigs already this year with the same act, and I've got four gigs with them in December. And most of the time, they, like I'm gigging with them next month for three hundred pounds. So it's like yeah. it's sometimes I'll I'll you know they gave me a gig on a on a Monday a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, it's a Monday, which is which is good, but it's not very well paid because it's a Monday wedding. They tend yeah. to be quite a lot cheaper. Um, so I was like, look, for me, if it's covering fuel, it's covering any time I've had to put in to learn the material. Now, there's very little learning time for this band because I've played the set before, um, and it's more than I would get working in a, a normal job, you know, yeah. you know, like, um, you know, a normal, I don't know what minimum, minimum wage is, but, like, if you're working for, like, £11 an hour, which is, like, the living wage now, a full day's work, you would walk away at about £85 before tax. So it's like, if I'm earning more than that, like if I'm walking away, take home like 120, 150 quid minus expenditure, I'm happy. It's either that or yeah. I sat at home watching House. So Exactly. exactly. So it's, and it's not too inconvenient or, you know, the benefits outweigh the costs basically, literally. And Yeah, it'd be completely different if I was like, like I did a, I, I took a, in last month, I took a wedding for 150, again, super low. And then this was with a band that um, I needed to learn their entire set. They're a, they're a band called The Weekenders, which do like specific um, early 2000s indie stuff. Um, and they're really good. So I thought one of the thing, the reason why I took the gig was I thought, oh, well, you know what? I don't know how to play this two-door cinema club song. And I don't know this Kinsabian song and all this kind of stuff. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, the money's not great and all that sort of stuff compared to say like a 250 quid wedding, but it's a nice little, you know, it was a nice little different change for me. The travel time, it was like 35 minutes. It was just outside Chester, which is like a 35 minute drive for me. 
the guys were dead nice, you know, like they've offered me, they've already offered me repeat business. So there I'm like, you, you know what? Yeah, you took a bit of a, you took a bit of a dip on the way in, but hopefully let's say they offered me something else for next year. It's like, well, I don't need to learn your material now. I just need the morning of the gig to run your set once. Yeah. And then undo the gig again. So what was 150 pounds for a week's work is now 150 pounds for a day's work. And 150 pounds per day's work is very good. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's going back to the advice for someone doing freelance and uh, being a session. I, yeah, uh, I suppose it's it's thinking logically about how is this going to benefit me, not just financially. You know, like of course you got to get paid to do it. You're not just going to do it for free, but like, well, oh yeah, yeah, it's a low paid job, but. Should never work potential. for free. No, no, yeah, no. no. Never. Not, there's no kickback. No, no, no. No, but I can see potential for what else this could bring in the future. You know. Yeah, and you, yeah. and that's a that's that hindsight is a skill you will pick up all the time. I did not have that ability six months ago. It's just time, and, and just so we're not sat on this question for too long. If you're all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip through it if that's okay, because there's a few other yeah. points to it. Yeah. Um, I'll do the easiest parts first. Gear, don't overthink it. Uh, get a, if you're starting from scratch, get a classic vibe, jazz bass, classic vibe, P bass, something like that. Don't worry about one with rounds, one with flats. Have a tone control and get a bass with rounds. Just do that nice and easy. You don't really need any pedals. I would say you need a tuner. Probably it, really. Um, you need Actually, that. you That's need not... a dark glass infinity and a sad dive oh, and a compressor. Sorry, you see, you need, so obviously you need to buy like a quad Cortex <laughs> and uh, no, so that that's fine. I would recommend some sort of small to mid-sized amp, like for example, uh, Fender Rumble, Boss Katana bass amp, that kind of thing. Yeah. Nice and sim- nice and simple. You don't need to overthink it. Most of the time realistically what what i actually find myself doing most of the time i could do with like a tuner and then like a a sans amp or a a, a, a very simple di based preamp like anything like the laney digbeth the the ashdown di the mxr di all the i could i could very easily do all my gigging work with a tuner and just a very simple bit of tone shaping into a pa that's fine well uh, put your what, money where your mouth is chris uh, no, because um, <laughs> I already did when I bought a quad cortex. So, and then the other thing, sort of like business plan and advertising, that this is hard because realistically, I I would say at least ninety percent of my income, my paid work as a, as a session player, has been word of mouth. As in, you did a gig with this person, they said you were good. Are you free? Uh-huh. Like that kind of thing. So, I would advise what you want to be doing is. Get out and play, you know, do jam nights, these kind of things, open mic nights, sort of start getting to know people, post you playing more online. My, if you look at my Instagram, it's very, my Instagram is basically a glorified advert for you to hire me. Or when I speak to someone, or let's say, I don't know, let's say someone is talking to Johnny and they say, I need a bass player uh, for something. Now, what Johnny would do is recommend himself, but that's not the point. Um, let's say Johnny doesn't play bass and he goes, let's say Johnny's a drummer, for example. Uh, and he goes, oh, well, there's my mate, Chris. He might be good. 
Now, to save everyone the hassle involved, all Johnny needs to do is load up my Instagram and hand his phone to the person and go, have a look. And I have, pin- I have pinned posts at the top of my Instagram showing me playing bass. So they can just go, oh, okay, click. Yes, it's pretty good. Because realistically, they're going to spend five seconds evaluating if I'm any good or not. So need to go, to... he gets it. Yeah, this there guy's go. good, done. Right, job done, nice and easy. So in terms of advertising, business plan, take as many gigs as you can. We just talked about pricing, but if you if you get offered some work and it's a little bit on the lower side than what you prefer, way up if there's other advantages, you know, getting your name out there, things like that, maybe then it's worth it. I'm not saying take a wedding gig, 30 pounds. Don't do that. But if you're playing, you know, if someone's, if you're doing like a pub gig with like a drummer and a singer slash guitarist and it pays 50 quid for, a, for two 45 minute sets and it's like a under 30 minute drive from your house and that's under 30 minutes not on the motorway and just like the other side of your town for example yeah i, I, I would consider taking it i would consider taking that is even as someone who gigs anywhere from 60 quid to 300 and you know 300 400 quid if i'm available and it's worth it and i can make it work i i will say yes and like you say if it's on like a a Monday or a Tuesday night, you know, ones where you're not normally oh, going to get do it. work anyway. Yeah. You're like, yeah, if it's not a high value day, you know, like a Friday <laughs> or a Saturday, yeah. basically, um, where the majority of your gigs and events yeah. are going to be. Yeah, so. absolutely. And the final bit of advice on this, I always say to everyone, is, is don't be late. <laughs> I think it's safe. Don't do it. <laughs> Stay don't, off my, don't do it. Get off back, my land. Back off. <laughs> Are you based in the UK? Yes. <laughs> Are you in Wigan? Get get lost. I want your gig. Um, don't be late. Don't be a dick. That's literally that. That'll go a hell of a lot further than you think it will. Don't yeah. be late. I am. I am always early. Like if the arrival time is six p.m., I am in the car park at five thirty. Yeah, it's like it goes. Like lateness is is almost like a joke and a meme amongst musicians and bands. Like, oh yeah, if you say this time, they'll they'll be there like an hour later and it's just oh, so I, it's, I am always it's it like you know i did a gig last week where i got to the venue at, at half five arrival time was six the singer who had the pa was 30 minutes late but like, but not it, it's not my concern you know like if they're if they're late it's their gig as well they're in yeah, charge if the bot if the boss is late you can't <laughs> like you can't ring your boss and go <laughs> what time do you call this You'll get absolutely massacred. So it's like it doesn't matter if that other person is late. It's not about that. You though, you be early. Early is on time. On time is late. Yeah, interesting. Good advice, Chris. Shall we move on to our next question? Yes, the next one. It kind of this kind of this kind of like bleeds into the previous question. It's what are your thoughts on using something like Fiverr for freelance session work? Uh, The answer is I don't know a lot about it. I am looking into it. I just haven't looked into it that much because I would like to get into a lot more kind of like remote recording stuff. You know, so it's like for, I don't know, 75 quid, I will I will track bass at home and send you free takes of the song of free, with three different yeah. ideas, uh, a DI and a reamped bass tone. You know, that kind I, of thing. I think. Now, I don't have any experience with it. Neither do I, really. My initial marketing head-on makes me think that it could be good for getting some work, but not long-term work, or not not repeat custom. 
you know, just no. one-offs. Because likely, if somebody is wanting repeat customer, oh yeah, get this bass player again, they're going to know, they're going to be in the know and know people that can do it anyway. Yeah. So I think it's going to be people wanting it for a bit of music or for something that they're doing and don't know anyone. And I don't think that's going to be likely that they're just going to keep repeating it and getting it through Fiverr. And it's going to be once at a time. Because once they make that rapport, you, they, you might go direct with them or something, you know. So I think it's not going to... It's not going to generate a lot of long-term. Yeah, I feel it like do, but... it might do. I do. I think if it's if it's not too much hassle setting it up, just do it. But I, 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 it's not something I have a great deal of knowledge of. And I can see, like you said, Johnny, I can see it being like you know, oh, I might get one or two gigs a year from it, but that's still yeah. like hundred and fifty quid. It's better than better than zero. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I think it would be not even gigs. I think it would be mo- it's going to be mostly like, like you say, online recording stuff. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. might be this a baseline for this. Um, <laughs> and who knows? AI will probably fill that, fill those shoes soon. Yeah, Nolly's plugin. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Nolly. Love, love. I love, I love how a bass player has made a plugin, basically to take work off bass players off of himself like, off of himself yeah, yeah exactly okay. i think but it is like he's like i'm getting paid to do it and i don't even yeah i'm, I'm doing it royalties it's, fun, it's it's funny isn't it because it's like it's all these things are designed by guitarists and no one's doing a midi guitar plug-in have you noticed that well yeah um, that's the thing because it's yeah the bass sits in the background you know and you don't need it to be uh have expression behind it exactly stop it let's go back to rock and roll um next question next question um oh i missed one okay right tips for dealing with back pain and having a base around the neck mm. well first off your base goes around your shoulder so that's that's probably what you're going <laughs> yeah wrong. that's where you're going wrong just hanging yes. it on here uh, absolutely absolutely go on you you start because I, I i figured out what to do with this ages ago Oh, there we go. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't often get that much issues. The only issues I'll get is from lifting gear. Um, and, you know, I've done many a manual handling uh, videos and training to tell you to bend those whoa, knees, whoa, boys. Whoa. Bend those knees. Um, so I don't know if I have advice. I think it's... Okay, uh, well, an interesting one is our drummer recently, the gig, most recent gig we did, he was suffering from really bad, like, carpal tunnel. Um, oh, okay. and meaning that he, he was losing feeling in his hand, cannot grip his stick. So we did yeah. practice like a couple of days before the gig. And, you know, he's, we're thinking we might have to cancel this gig because we mm. only got through five songs of practice. Yeah. And he was like, I can't. I'm, I, yeah. And that was the sensible decision. Oh, yeah. Catch yeah, it absolutely. early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't damage yourself. Don't force your body to do something. It's clearly not ready to do pain yeah. can be a, pain, it's a sign pain is know? there for a very specific reason and yeah. it is not weakness leaving the body it's like uh <laughs> it's like every um every actual like half decent personal trainer will go there's a very big difference between my arms are sore from the gym and my elbow hurts those are yes. two very different problems or two what one is it's all right push through the soreness the other is you might have sprained your elbow we need to stop yeah, and you can really do lasting damage. And yeah, that's yeah, what sure. we wanted to avoid. You know, we were all like, dude, your your health is first in here. We're not going to be, <laughs> yeah. oh, upset at you because you've got an injury. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, and annoyed, you know. So it's just putting that first and recognizing that and not pushing yourself through something. Um, what was uh, 
what were your thoughts on this? I was going to say for dealing with kind of like back pain and stuff when you're playing bass, you might want to be looking at essentially how you stood. Um, what What's the height of your bass? How are you? Like think about like a central column of like from your head to your toes. Where are you? You know, like are you, uh, where are you? Like are you in a, um, you stood in a stress position essentially for an extended period of time. And what can you do to alleviate that? That's like for so. For example, when I'm gigging with like uh, like with Dala, for example, I put my bass quite low. Um, but I will do some stretches beforehand. Like I'm thinking about kind of like okay, you know, are my like are my hips and glutes activated so they'll support my back, which Mine is what they're supposed always. to be doing. My glutes are always activated. They're activated <laughs> right now. <laughs> exactly, but. Then when I'm playing a wedding, and also the Dala sets are like, you know, when we do the shows, they're only going to be like thirty minute sets. Yeah. Whereas so with wedding to do that more. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas with weddings, it's like I'm going to be. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Play anywhere from over the course of a night, ninety minutes to three hours, depending yeah. on the gig. My bass is a lot higher when I play with wedding bands. It's not super high. It's kind of like almost where it would be when I'm sat down. Um, it's kind of in that kind of like yeah. up, up, you know, resting on the stomach kind of thing. And I'm thinking about, you know, how am I stood? You know, what am I doing in terms of like? How heavy is the bass I'm playing? Like I that don't. Was, that was my next thing I was going to yeah, say. Is because I the weight of your bass is it a yeah, yeah, yeah. backbreaker? You know, absolutely. The weight so, of the so gear. When I've got a long gig, I don't take the music man. The music man's a heavy bass. I'll take the uh, the Godan or my newer P bass because they're quite light. I mean, they're not not light, but they're definitely not as heavy as like the the music man is. Yeah. And really, you know, really, really think about that. Like actually, be like. How am I? How am I stood right now? You know, am I? Am I? Because I've noticed for quite a long time, I used to lean on my right foot, so my right foot would be taking all of my body weight, and I would tap my left foot to keep in time, right. which basically meant I'm putting my entire body weight on my right hip. So then my my leg would start to hurt, and my back would hurt. So now instead, I've got almost out of the habit of tapping my foot, and I'm either nodding my head or I'm just thinking about the tempo instead, um, in order to keep my weight distributed better. So. Yeah. It's just things like that, really. Um, yeah, the height of the bass, stretching beforehand. 
the strap you have on like even that yeah yeah you can yeah. buy bigger straps that can alleviate that a i'm bit considering more. doing that yeah stopping neck dive as well if that can be uncomfortable yeah. with different parts of the body if you're constantly out of yeah like, if you've got like imagine if the person asking this question has got like a massive thunderbird and it's like really low and they're like i don't know why i'm <laughs> looking around an 810 yeah. and they're like yeah. i don't know why i'm hurting um, yeah exactly and then also it's like if you've got your base quite low if you're um, a right-handed player, you might be dropping your right shoulder yeah. to get your arm down to play with a pick. And you need to, if that's the situation, it's like you need to decide whether, do you want cool points or do you want a shoulder injury? Yeah. Because like, you can have cool points. Cool points is okay. Like I said, for like 20, 30-minute dollar sets, I'm going to have my base nice and low, that kind of thing. I am going to stretch beforehand. I'm going to stretch afterwards, but I know it's only for... A relatively short period of time. If I was doing a three-hour set, I would not be stood like that because I'd be in bits afterwards. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to take all of those things into consideration. I think we've done a good job there. I think good so. job indeed. Well, next question. This will be easy. Is slap bass cool? This person no. then. There we go. No, this person's gone on to say, "I love it, but the internet seems to hate it." What am I missing? I would have gone the other way, you know. The well... in- I I hate hate product demo videos where, the, see. where yeah. the person is just well i mean you do everything you play with like a pick you play with your fingers you'll do some slap but That's my fine. priority order goes pick finger slap yes for the majority of people it should be finger pick slap or, well or, give it give yeah. a take but yeah. what i hear is like here's a demo of the new bloody bloody blah chorus pedal and it's a, a double thumb tapping yeah. thing where there isn't even any low end anywhere. All you can hear yeah. is kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. I can't play that. You're hard. Well done. Yeah. But yeah. now, I don't, know what, I don't know what the pedal sounds like. Yeah. Which is why, as well, when we went to Ashdown and we did those little playthroughs of the new bases, we were both saying, is this boring? Like, is what I'm playing boring? And they were saying to us, like, no, you're just playing normal stuff well that's that's kind of why i always pride myself in not being <laughs> amazing sometimes like or, or do or playing not that crazy stuff especially when i like when i do yeah. a demo like the intro stuff might be a little bit fancier or a little bit more tuneful yeah but the meat and potatoes of your videos are very much like simple eighth note stuff yeah you know yeah that very normal baseline yeah because that's how We'll want to hear it you know or yeah, like yeah. to hear a, a simplified version of what an average joe sounds like going through it because that's absolutely majority, especially as i'm catering for the lower more affordable market that realistically that's what the players are going to be like so it makes more sense it's more related yeah. more, more yeah. useful to the person watching it they don't want to see oh crazy um demo stuff aside i think slap is super fun there's the types of playing and baselines you come up with are very different to other playing styles, I think. Um, so I think I think it's cool. I don't think it's rubbish. I just think it's it's limited in its usefulness in demoing gear sometimes because it's not always the most applied thing. And it shouldn't be used as an integer of success or how good a bass you are. Because could you slap at the bass man? You know, like are you that's get good at, at slapping, you know, that's not and I will necessarily. I will round this point off with with one uh, with one specific uh, quote that I like to say a lot. Um, I've been asked to slap bass once. 
Because it's, it's not common. This is not yeah. common. I've been asked been asked to do it once in I don't know how many gigs. Well over like two hundred. I've been asked yeah. once. So that's zero point five percent. In my in fact, in my live playing, I have also yeah. used it once, <laughs> and yeah. that's because I wrote a baseline in a in like a post hardcore song that had a slap bass part. It's great, and it sounds like yeah. it would be weird, but it was great. Um, Good, but uh, you know, it's it's just not as common as people make it out to be. But because it's bass, people are like yes, slapping and yeah. funk. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like if... thanks, thanks, Paul Rudd. You ruined that for us. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, man. Slap and abyss. Uh, question. This is pretty much specifically for you, Johnny, and only hey. you. Why have we not seen more of your Warwick Corvette Five? Mm, it's very simple because I sold it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, there we go. Um, yeah, I bought I bought that base on a whim to flip because uh, I was up for a ridiculous price, and I was like, I don't really like Corvettes. The mm. like the horn on it is a bit dongish for me um and like uh, yeah but don't get me wrong i very nearly didn't sell it because it was fantastic it right played really well and sounded incredible but yeah. um it was up for i bought it in cash converters because it was up I, I saw it for sale i was like that's a german warwick and they've got it out for a mm. wrong base price uh so Snapping i was up. like yeah i was like regardless the base if it's if it, if it, if I'm wrong and it's not worth that much, I'll demo it, you know, and then sell it on yeah. for what I bought it for. Because I think with some nice photos, I can sell it on. It's amazing what nice photos can do, you know. Um, and so, case in point, <laughs> exactly, you know, look wonderful. Uh, so I but just have you seen have you seen the lenses we use for this podcast? Have you <laughs> met if you if you've met us in person? <laughs> Bunch of munters. Um, yeah, it's it's just. I just bought it to sell, to be honest, and I made a, a little reel about it, and that was it. But yeah, it was had some other stuff that I needed to pay for and get through, so I thought I'll sell it on and make the yeah. cash, and then yeah. So sorry, <laughs> and there we go. Um, okay, big one now. Ooh, active or passive? Uh, I mean, there's different applications. Overall, I'm a passive guy. Hmm. You know, I there's less anxiety of batteries running out. Um, active, I tend to use preamp pedals and things like that. And I find if you're going preamp, 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 it's a bit much. Uh, of course, the answer there is to just not use the pedal, I suppose. But I kind of like that sound that comes out of the pedals and it's consistent. Um, yeah. And the battery won't run out. Um, yes. So, yeah, passive overall for me. I love a P bass. The jazz bass, like simple. Uh, that being said, active basses are great as well. A Stingray, ooh, amazing with a preamp in it. And uh, the, that Yamaha I've got now is active. Uh, and yeah, it's cool. Uh, but I do really like it in passive mode as well. And it's the same volume. With each. Which is good. So, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is very good. So, yeah, for me, it's overall, I like passive basses. They can do great things, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, active. But uh, overall, I'm going to say. Uh, me too is the short answer. Um, the only other thing I would, in fact, no, it's not. It's just a repeat, really, of your point. Like uh, I like active basses a lot. For a lot of my working playing, uh, I'm going. I'm 100 passive now, just because um, I'm playing for a long time. 
I'm anxious about the battery dying. I know they can last for like 500 hours or whatever, but I don't believe you. Uh, and then it's like, I need to constantly remember to unplug my bass when I'm playing active, just in case. Whereas if I'm playing a passive bass, I can have it plugged in on a stand and it can sit there for like two hours and then I'll do a set and then it can sit there for half an hour and then I'll do another set, all these kind of things. Yeah. Like for me, just passive is fine. If I was playing like, like I really like my Dingwall. I do use it active quite a lot, mainly for a bit of like, um, I'll like increase the treble a tiny bit just to get a bit more pick attack and that's yeah. it. But Or I'll roll because the, the dark glass preamp, the mid range is at 500 hertz. So I'll set that and I'll I'll dip the mids because usually you are kind of dipping that 500 dip hertz the range. Mids. Yeah, cool yeah. kids, scoop the mids. <laughs> um, but but yeah, passive. I, I prefer passive personally, but yeah. they're, both, they're both great. I have, I have just, I think I have just as many active bases as I have passive bases. Uh, uh, yeah, I've probably got more passive, I think, but, but yeah. yeah, that's all that's right. We're friends. We agree. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> next one, please. Short one. Um, I'll read the full thing. This is from Jimbo. Let me get my phone up because I hey, can't Jimbo. see. Hey, Jimbo. Uh, hopefully Johnny has remembered my question about how to deal with guitarists who refuse to alter the EQ because they have so much bass in the EQ settings in live rehearsals and performance scenarios. This is short, Johnny. Can I do this? Yep. You're more welcome. Your guitarist is an idiot. There we go. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of things. One, to be honest, if you've if you've communicated something to someone and they're not going to do it, that really is all you can do at the end of the day. That's what I'd say, unfortunately. Alongside that, as a guitarist, if they've got too much low end in their signal, they're just doing themselves a disservice at the end of the day. Now, yeah. I understand if you're playing in like a rehearsal room. Um, the other problem is, as, as a guitar player, so I'm allowed to say this, it's very easy to sit at home and have a sound that has not really a lot of mid-range Lots of treble, lots of bass, quite scooped from a guitar perspective. Sounds sick when you're playing on your own. When you get into a gig venue, you kind of disappear or you become a bit too fizzy because you need that barky, honky mid-range and not a lot of low end to get through the mix and make room for other people. Now, if this person isn't willing to do that, there's not really much you can do. The only thing I would say is take pride in the fact that the guitar doesn't really sound that good for like a live a live scenario and there's not much that you can do and as soon as you get to a I don't I, I don't want to call it a professional venue because that implies where your playing is unprofessional and that's not what I mean but as soon as you get to like a really big venue with a big PA and a sound engineer who, who really knows their stuff they are going to do one of two things they're either going to say to the guitarist turn the bass down Enough, and nothing's going to change until they say that, as in the event will stop until that person has done what they're saying. Or what they're going to do is they're going to roll loads of low end off in, in the PA. And yeah. then your problem has been solved by someone else. So I would say, just to wrap it up, if you've spoken to them and they're not willing to do it, there's not really much you can do about it. And rest assured that eventually the problem will just kind of be solved by itself and they'll be left going, oh, I couldn't really hear myself on stage tonight. And it's because they've had all the low end taken out of the yeah. guitar. Because we're, they should very... have been focusing on the mid-range. 
we're very quick to villainize sound guys sometimes. I always think like, oh, they're the enemy because they're not going to give me the sound that I want or whatnot. But they're our best friends. And we need to trust yeah. in them sometimes that they're going to do the right thing for the sake of the uh, front of the house. Um, I would say also that um, that person wants, wants to sound amazing themselves. And therefore, I think the only way that they're going to come to the realization <laughs> that they need to change is through their own doings rather than you telling them. Yeah. I think it's better, like you said, to kind of not say anything or, you know, or not so heavily say it uh, to them because it's just going to piss them off and then not going to react well to it, I don't think. It, by the sounds of it, if they're refusing, like it's not going to do any good. I've had it. I've had it. It's broken a band up before. Literally, I've told a guitarist, you are too loud and too like, ah, oh, like too harsh. Can you yeah. turn down a bit? Then that it's caused them to be upset, and then it has ultimately left to them quitting. And like, which is very uh, yeah, uh, it is, and it, it reminds you of that scenario where you're like, it's sometimes better to not say anything, and because they need to realize that themselves. Exactly. I think I think that's that's all we can cover. And if it makes you feel any better, there's a lot of guitarists who don't do that, so I wouldn't worry. Yeah, yeah. like I gig with lots of like full time professional guitarists who when you play when they play the guitar on their own in sound check it's really thin there's not a lot of treble there's not a lot of bass it's kind of just this like barky mid-range yeah. and then i start playing underneath them sounds fantastic because that's where i think often if you just think of it very simply bass guitar vocals vocals are in the high end yeah guitars in the mids Bass in the low, you know, like pretty, that's... pretty, pretty much. And then also, it's like you've got to, you know, we're all competing with cymbals. We're competing with like the lower register parts of a vocal. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to balance, which is why a proper sound engineer is like worth their weight in gold because they, you know, that's what the audience is hearing. Yeah. And if you've got a bad sound engineer, or you've got a sound engineer who's gone. Oh, but the guitarist has bullied me into having loads of bass in the in the in the front in the front of the house. It's just going to sound like shit. Is the sh is yeah. the short answer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna. Um, we've done that one. We'll end on this one. We'll end on not this we're, one, we're but we'll at the end. end. No, we've got three left. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm not doing them now in chronological order. I'm just oh, um, we'll do that one. Then we'll do that one. Then we'll do that. Okay, great. So question something it's all the blur now um <clears throat> 10 i'm gonna say maybe oh well um what strings are you currently finding are your favorite i've pretty much always been an ernie ball man i'm wondering if i should branch out into some different brands and give them a try um yeah no harm in doing so not at all I mean, no i think we use similar strings don't we chris what are you on at the moment uh, dear Dario. Yeah, me too. Um, I find that they last longer than Ernie Balls and sound just as good. Um, there have been a couple of occasions when I've picked up a used bass and been like, oh, these strings feel really good or they're fairly mm -hmm. new. And I'm like, oh, these sound great. What What are these? And they'll just, they're like, yeah, it's just Ernie Balls. I'm like, oh. like Yeah, I, I think. I, I do get surprised by them sometimes. Yeah, I think that P bass that we bought, that, I, that we bought, that I bought when we went to Bass Bros, I'm fairly certain that had Ernie Ball strings on it. I actually think it had stainless steel strings that were not too new, but not 
old. Yeah. Uh, not new, but not old. Still quite zingy because I've since swapped those strings around. And I've put the exact same strings on my Godan and taken the flats from the Godan and put on the the new P bass. And the flats are uh, Diodario as well. They're the Diodario Chromes. Um, but yeah, I've I've always been. I've pretty much always been a Diodario guy. Um, it's what I just and and not through not through a specific. You know, I tried this, this, and this, and this is the yeah. favorite. It was kind of just I used those when I played guitar. I I bought them on bass. Um, I for me personally, I I, I tend to find that Ernie Balls and Rosal sounds kind of like lost a lot of like the zing and the interest quite quickly for me. Yeah. That may that may or may not be true, but it's just my experience. And then yeah. what else? Um, I, I'd like to try some elixir strings. I know you've <laughs> used them before. Um, one of my friends uses them for his one of his basses, and he gigs he gigs way more than me. And he's like, "Yeah, these are fine." Like they're still. Yeah. I've I've played his bass and gone, "How old are these strings?" He's like, eight months." I'm like, "No, they're not." Like yeah. they're oh, super spanky. Trust me, they are. They last a long time. Um, the elixirs, it's because def- there's so much money. It's like, oh, I feel so painful, but spending that on strings. I don't know if, yeah. like, if you were to work it out, like, how well that's how what many you times. need to do. Yeah, it's like yeah. if this is three times longer than a normal set of strings, is it three price. times the price? No, rather than it's worth it. But yeah, yeah. I think I think try some different brands. Look at pricing. Uh, Diodario, a great one for that middleman in between early ball that die a bit quicker and elixirs that last for ages, but yeah. they don't cost loads more than early yeah. ball. Um, and also look into the difference of stainless steel and nickel strings. Well, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I would say, uh, I'm just trying to think. So I think the Gordon's got stainless steel strings on it. Technically, I think. But I would say I'm a nickel guy. The Dingwall's got stainless steel strings on, but um, that's because I'm going for the I'm going for that sound. So clank, yeah, it's, yeah. The rule of thumb is that stainless steel is meant to give you brighter top end, and you know, and then nickel is more focused on the on the warmth and the light. Yeah. Um. So depends what you want out your sound, really. Um. Slightly off topic, but one I had some strings to live this week because I've. I'm going to try out some half rounds um, from oh. Diodario. So they're okay. They're I've never. I really want to love flats, and I like the way they sound. But sometimes I just don't like the way that they feel on bases I've had. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I've never, I've never, never got on with it, and right. so uh, I'm going to give these a go. Um, I listened to a video with um, previous guests on the podcast, Philip comrade um and uh he was talking about half rounds on a medium scale base which you know it's like two halfway things yeah. uh and i was like i was like oh yeah i forgot about half rounds maybe i'll give them a go so i bought some to test out so uh watch this space that being said i am i am now enjoying the flats that are on this new squire so it might have been a waste of, waste yeah. of money but we'll see i'm still going to try them and see where we go but yeah different types of strings and brands give them a go Absolutely. Okay. So we've done that one. We have, okay, two left. So I like this one. I like this one a lot. So let me get my phone one handed. How do you dial in a tone and level? How do you dial in a tone and level patches on your modelers? 
specifically do you use headphones studio monitors or your amp rig i'm new to the modeling world and struggle with this it's a, it's a tricky one this because uh, I, I now don't use my line six modeler for um alive at all it just sits yeah. on my desk plugged in all yeah. the time for demoing and quick tones like it's, i love it for that's really good um so don't really have that translation issue with live there is a translation issue though um because i have used it live before and a patch i think oh this sounds great in my ears i'll play it through an amp and i'm like oh like this doesn't sound that good at all in this room uh so it's definitely worth testing it in a room beforehand it's not just like a direct translation sometimes um especially depending on what you're doing with cab sims and things like that um because it can sound wildly different cab sims sound really different um i think so there's a lot of change in sound that can happen there um for, for practicing at home 90 percent of the time i'm using headphones um because you know neighbors and i feel like it's harder to get over because i hit the strings quite hard with certain things it's hard to get over the string sound when you're blasting it through small cone speakers or monitors at you yeah you know um it's not like you've got like massive speakers if you did that'd be great and you could hear that and feel that response but to really cancel out everything else i'm using headphones most of the time mm, uh, i see so quite different to a live environment so um i don't tend to model it thinking this is how it's going to sound live um i always know that it's going to be a slight difference that i need to test it through an amp through a pa before being confident this is the one here we go um what about you this is probably more aimed at you to be honest um you ideally need to test a tone in the environment it was designed for so you've got things like the fletcher munson curve and and all these kind of physics-esque issues and stuff like that where a tone sounds very different the louder it gets you know different yeah. frequencies are going to appear as the volume increases the human ear is going to react in different ways like something something that's quite quiet uh, something that sounds good at a quiet volume might be suddenly way too bright or vice versa at a louder volume so ideally if it's going to be something that you're playing a gig with you need to try and test it in a gig environment and that that is difficult um i would recommend now i was i was quite lucky where a venue that i i used to play at quite a lot just let me come in like an hour earlier than the regular sound check and i plugged my rig into the pa and set the pa relatively flat turned it up to a gig volume and then sort of checked my rig from there and then kind of went okay that's fine leave it alone now because we know it works Another option you can do if that's difficult for you, try and get hold of some sort of live recording that has no bass in it. You could always find find a live recording of something on YouTube, like a, I don't know, like a live DVD of a band you like or a band in the style that you're playing in. Go on and use an app like Moises, which is like an AI plugin that removes removes instruments from the mix. It does a, I would say, does a really good job of removing bass from songs like bass guitar not just bass frequencies like it will keep the kick drum and all the low end from the kick drum still in the mix and then you can and then what you want to do is get that into like your daw like logic or something like that set up 
plug in your rig, if it's a DI rig or a modeler, for example, into an audio interface and tweak it to where it sounds good in that mix overall, mainly just using what's available on the modeler, not in the DAW. That will probably, I would say, get you into quite a good ballpark, and then you can figure it out from there over the course of a couple of gigs and sound checks and stuff like that. Yeah. That will that will probably sort you out, I'd say. Yeah. I, I have another world of pain to go through as well in relation to this because the majority of stuff I'm using Modeler for or for demoing purposes is difficult yeah. because all of the content you're consuming is going to be on a through a phone, you know, or well, some, yeah, yeah, some speakers or a yeah. TV, which isn't going to give you proper speaker emulation no, you know not at all not at all really uh so what you'd be expecting so it's with a lot of tour demos and things like that you've got to take it with a pinch of salt sometimes where kind of you know i should almost um mix the audio just through like reference headphones which i do have um and um you know and phone speakers to so you can see yeah. sounds i know a lot yeah. of um people mixing um uh albums have done that before well you know they'll ref have a reference version to listen to how it sounds through through crappy speakers or well yeah that's speakers. why you've got the you've got the famous car test at the end of yeah. the day yeah and then yeah, yeah exactly. there's a lot of studios where they'll have a uh like a splitter for the various speakers in the room and one of the speakers will be like a, almost like a little bluetooth speaker that they'll click on and you'll realize oh there's all the low ends gone because yeah. It's not a speaker with any lowing capability. Yeah. You've got to think about how people are consuming the thing that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, just applying that logic to the to the, the whole plethora of things you've got to worry about. Um, but, yeah, I think that sums up with it. Exactly. And now we are on to the final question. Oh, my God. All right. So, final question. What parts of your rig have you completely overthought? All of it. Um, and do you realist? Then do you realistically need every bit of your rig? For example, if you're playing punk, do you need a compressor slash multiple drives and or multiple preamps? What could you remove and still be in the realm of where you are now? This is good because yeah. I've overthought my rig, and you have overthought your rig as well. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And there's and there's things that I have prioritized with my rig or want to look at prioritizing in the future that this kind of comes into. If we're go, going down to just sound alone, yeah, they're, they're way too complicated. <laughs> um, so, I mean, do you want to go through yours first, or should I go through mine? Well, I mean, mine's... There's not a lot of, like, components with mine. My, mine is, like, you know, a wireless into a multi-effects fancy-pants unit yeah. into front of house at the end of the day. However... <laughs> What's inside that? That I mean, I have simplified it now. It's mainly like you go in, there's like a little noise gate, a compressor, a drive that I sometimes turn on and off, a chorus that I sometimes turn on and off, an octave that I sometimes turn on and off, an amp sim, a cab, a bit of EQ, yeah. off we go. I could, I could do, I could do a gig tomorrow and only have the amp sim, you know, into a cab. And then off we yeah. go. Um, but I like having compression. I like having drive as an option to fill that sound in. But yeah, if I if I slimmed it all down, I could go bass, guitar lead, tuner, 
some sort of now i was going to mention something like you know the bad water by uh wolves audio but that's got compression and stuff like that as well but you know some sort of preamp just to sort of tweak the tone a little bit to what i like and then that could just go straight into the front of the house and i could probably do i could i could do every gig i have to do with that setup i could do that do i want to no but i could do that's the thing it's like yeah i could i could go just like direct into a sounds amp then go live but like i don't i don't like the way that that sounds so it's like yeah depends what you want and what you get fun out of it at the end of the day you know what do you enjoy what gives you what drives you um and yeah and that's that's part of it for me as well it's like i want to enjoy the sound i'm having like, no yeah i love gear in that way um yeah i was going to see if there would be a way that i could pick up my rig to show you but i'm not going to bother it's too heavy <laughs> and i'll, I'll well, probably fall over. i also i also just realized my rig's even more complicated now because what i'm doing is as well as splitting it to front of house I'm running a separate signal into the Ashdown Ant, and then that's going into a cab on stage. So that's like, that's lots of things going on where I've had a few people message me going, how are you doing that? Is that not like, does the quad cortex not do what the Ant does? And I'm like, well, it kind of does. Yeah, but it doesn't power a cab. Exactly, and that's what I'm using. It's mainly because I don't touch the EQ on the the Ant. I click the little shape button, and then everything's flat, and then off it goes. That's it, really. Yeah, you want it to you want it to bypass that really. You just want the power. Just want the power. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the yeah. And for me, so I'll give you a breakdown of what why my current live rig is. Mm-hmm. It's all in one flight case, um, like one of the mm-hmm. Gator Gator cases. Yeah, in a, in a rack. <laughs> um, it goes in the drawer at the top, which goes into my wireless. From there, it goes into. God, I've forgotten now. Now you know oh, it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then then it goes into the Sans amp. Then it goes into the Ashdown triple shot. Okay. So preamp, drive, you know, I've all, it's already overthought there because and this I, is... could, I could use the drive on the Sans amp. Yeah. And I was meaning to ask, actually, obviously this is in a flight case. Yeah. How do you turn the triple shot on and off? I don't. It's always on. It's always on. So Ooh. I I set it to now that I don't I don't have any pedals or anything out front. Okay. It's and this is with this same. is with the Nirvana and Foo Fighters yep. tribute. Okay. Yep. Um, I will Makes sometimes. Sense. Okay. Yeah. There's there's rare moments in there where I could, but I don't turn on and off the effects. The the tone is fairly driven. Um, but it's not like it's not like dark glass. Like yeah, yeah, really yeah, driven. Yeah. Um, it's just a bit of oomph on top. A lot of it comes from my attack on my playing style as well. Um, so it goes into that. Then from there, cable going down the rig into the <laughs> dark glass uh, E500 head, oh, uh, which is very flat and okay. no drive on that at the minute. You know, already the rig is way more complicated because I could just do everything going into that. And it does sound really True. good. Yeah, yeah. It does sound good. Um, but. I will say the the sans amp is the sleeper in that where it's giving it a little bit more shape and a little bit more push into the amp, um, and I, I really like preamps for doing that. Uh, it just it just makes it feel a bit more real, I think, a bit more amp- ampish, um, which is a weird concept. But anyway, yeah, but makes sense. So it 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 seems like a complicated rig, but thousands of people do this just like pedal board with pedals going into amp that's essentially all it is 
Then it goes the DI out, which has a cab sim on it from the E500 into the DI patch bay. Now, that sounds complicated, but it's not. It's just a XLR going into an XLR, which then the front of house just plugs into. Yeah, it's just yeah, a way yeah, yeah. of yeah. easily labeling front of house, plug in here, oh, in. What it also allows me to do is do any signal splitting if I want to. So say I wanted a clean DI down the line, I could do that because I can then take the DI out of the Sans app maybe and do that into something else if I wanted to. I don't do that. This is where it's like meaninglessly complicated yeah. because I don't utilize it in that way currently. But what my current plan is, is to then run a XLR out into a this new recording device I've got to record my tones live. So yeah. I've got, this is for front of house, and then this signal goes into the recorder to record directly onto my phone so I can rec- make videos live. And so Oh, and you're going to do it onto your phone? Way. Yeah, directly. on. That's what that device does. It'll allow me to directly replace the audio from my phone right? Uh, and do that. Oh, so um, you're going to stick the phone somewhere and clip yeah. rec- oh, okay. right. record. Right, because I'm the- trying to work out a way of doing that, but I don't want the phone to be filming. I'm going to have the GoPro yeah. filming. And then just a way to capture the audio, and then later I'll sync yeah. them up. Well, you can do that. You can do that as well. Either just recording a video that's not used, or by just oh, going vo- on, oh, voice just note, voice yeah. note. Yeah, yeah, oh, do exactly yeah. the same thing. Because essentially, all it's doing is replacing the microphone yeah. with this. So you're just going bass sound in. Yeah. Uh, so anything you're recording, just record that. So that's yeah. where my rig is overcomplicated, but mm. it means that everything is all in one and absolutely everything is powered by one kettle lead so which is just, great yeah which is because i mine's sorry, two yeah sorry what i forgot to say about this rig is that it has um as well as the draw out the front on the back it has a power bank so it means i can charge my phone i've yeah. got like three power slots free at the minute I'm, pa- I'm powering the head and a power supply for the pedals on that so there's no daisy chaining going on there's a little MSR power supply so it's all I turn up, bonk, plug in, go, ready. Like it's that I love that thing about it. Um nothing, no faff in, it's just ready to go. So there we go. That's, and that's it. Could you simplify that for a gig? Like could yeah. you could you could you gig with if you had to only gig with one component, which which would you pick? The well I'd have to it would have to be the E five hundred because that yeah. could do everything. I've got drives in there built in. Uh, I can do everything on there. Um, it's just preference at the end of the day of them. What else you do? So it's yeah. overcomplicated in that sense. But you know, everyone could everyone could simplify their rig technically if they just remove everything and just use very yeah base amp. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the state of it at the minute. I have got another pedal board that I did a video on recently that I would like to try live maybe. But I mean, this rig is working very, very well for me at the minute. So yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Very nice. Well, that is all the questions. Wow, we we did that in very good time as well. Not bad. I expected it to be a hell of a lot longer than that. Yeah, that's what she said. So it's, <laughs> you know, we've, we've done very well. Um, thank you so much for everyone that uh, submitted the questions that we've answered today. Um, 
Let us know what you thought about this episode. Do you want to see more of this? Just like diving into loads of questions or do you like the format we've got before? Let us know. We'd love to hear. If you want to submit questions in the future, please go and follow us on Instagram at InThePocketPod where uh, you will see various bits of content related to like whether it's clips from this or us asking for questions and suggesting guests and things like that. That is where you can reach us uh, the most on there. If you are listening on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your listening platform of choice, please remember to rate us five stars. It really helps us reach more people. The same as well. You might be listening on there thinking, I wish I could see their handsome faces. And you can on YouTube. We've got our own channel where we are doing the video version of this very podcast. Wave for the camera, Chris. Wave. No, don't flip them off. No, Chris. No. Uh, no, he's actually doing it now. Um, so, uh, yeah, go and subscribe to us over on there as well. It all uh, helps us grow and keep going. We're Every week, we're so close to giving up. So close. So close. Out. So- mere, mere moments away from knocking this on the head at literally any point. <laughs> no, we're, we're not. We, we, we love doing it. And, uh, we Johnny isn't. Uh, I am. <laughs> um. So yeah, go and check us out on all those platforms and do all of those things that help us out, please. Uh, Speaking of, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me quite literally everywhere under that guy on bass. And yes, I'm going to do a shameless plug for my band now. (laughs) Whether you like it or not, my band Dala yesterday brought out our debut EP. It's called Human Nature. Uh, there is an extra song on there that no one's heard before called Willow Tree. And that's kind of like a little extra single that we've thrown on alongside the existing singles that we brought out over the last like four or five months. Uh, Please do check it out. Uh, It's taken a long time and a lot of effort to get this out. And we are all very excited to actually finally be able to share it with people. So please have a listen and do a share and all that sort of stuff. A A share Lloyd. Yes, do a share. You know, do you believe in life after love? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, go check it out. All the links will be in the description of everything. So please go ahead down there and go and check it out. Um, you can find me uh, on Instagram, TikTok, etc. Uh, at Johnny Dibble and subscribe to me on YouTube under the same course. Once again, everyone, thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.